welcome to a special bonus episode on Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasselina, former president and founder of the International Geostrategic Maritime Observatory. We published an issue on migration overseas, issue number six, in 2016. Now, as I see that the migration issue is heating up and we are seeing uh, migrants flood the borders of the uh, Spanish enclaves in Morocco, I'd like to go back and read my editorial uh, because I believe it is still relevant today. And my editorial was, was entitled Corruption and Migration, a Criminal Transnational Network. Uh, in this issue, we also had articles written by Professor Jean-Paul Poncracio, Maritime Migration Flows Across the Mediterranean, a General Approach, Migrants, the Mare Nostrum and Sinking Asylum, uh, Emmanuel Aubin, Professor of Public Law at the University of Poitiers, Syrian Crisis and the Refugee Issue, a Turkish Perspective, by my very good friend Nurshin Atshologuni, uh, and then uh, we had a final uh, article written by the role of civil society in massive migrations by Pierre Henri, uh, general manager of France Terre d'Asie. Now, this publication is available on Amazon, and I would encourage you to, to look it up. I believe we were uh, right on target. So here's my editorial, Corruption and Migration, a Criminal Transnational Network. Having just attended the OECD in Integrity Forum in Paris on April 19, 2016. The panel on exploiting tragedy, corruption, and the refugee crisis crystallized many parameters in this never-ending human wave of migrants heading to Europe for a better, peaceful, prosperous life. Despite all the international organizations created after World War II, civil society organizations, grassroots actions, as was discussed on April 2022 in Istanbul, Human trafficking is a global issue, according to Louise Shelley. So how is trafficking related to corruption? Corruption is linked to kleptocratic societies from which people tend to flee, especially after the Arab Spring. That was supposed to bring peace, security, and democracy. It has instead resulted in uprisings, killings, lynchings, power struggles, and general chaos and conflict, both domestically, regional, and on an international scale promise of the Arab Spring has wilted and become an Arab winter, meaning not a warm, humanistic, nearly bloodless movement that we saw in Eastern Europe with the Rose and Orange revolutions in Georgia and Ukraine. According to Europol, approximately 40,000 people are involved in smuggling operations in Europe through diverse criminal networks, corruption being central to organized crime. Before 2015, there were approximately 250,000 people migrating to the EU a year, but since 2015, more than 1 million people have crossed borders, land and sea to get to Europe. And this is a lucrative business as 90% of immigrants are facilitated through illegal networks, according to Vasilios Natlakalis, at 5,000 to 10,000 euros per person per trip. It is not difficult to imagine the enormous sums of money feeding the traffickers slash smugglers. And this money is not going into the economy as it feeds the underground economy and contributes to the black economy. Migrants sell their belongings, their family members, their organs, 
and someone else bonds the money they cannot pay up front. The result is the migrant becomes an indentured servant who does not contribute to the formal economy but perpetuates and in, is embedded in the underground economy with all the undeniable consequences imaginable. And this facilitation can be defined as a criminal activity that is not only national, but transnational in nature. These loose networks comprised of different nationalities exploit hotels, local businesses, and facilitate criminal activity, with corruption being the basis of this activity in the form of bribery, be it in the public or private sector, especially where public authorities are lax and not stringent on enforcing laws and are highly corruptible. Morgan Nico explained that there is a profit to be made on smuggling migrants, which involves bribing public officials, crossing borders illegally without the proper visas, providing false documents to get visas and passports, and refugee camps are prime targets for these criminal networks where there is a direct collusion with law enforcement officials. And all this criminal activity is possible, facilitated, because there are no legal opportunities to migrate and to find economic opportunities, especially now that most EU land borders are closed. The Balkan crime route, Afghanistan to Europe, is open for business. And the migrants are vulnerable, don't have legal status, or cannot report abuse to officials, not being in compliance themselves. And it is not a temporary phenomenon as migrants and their facilitators become inventive in financing their passage, especially Syrians, who have the means to pay and are not asylum seekers versus Eritreans. Sadly, many migrants that have been trafficked end up becoming part of the criminal network that facilitated their arrival in Europe, as we saw in Brussels' attack. Last summer, when the borders were open, the migrants did not need a smuggler to cross borders. They were free to move across borders. Now that several European countries, the first one being Hungary, have closed their borders and the Schengen system seems to be dissolved, at least temporarily, smugglers moved in to drive the criminal opportunities of organized crime. So how do we reduce demand? By opening up safe avenues of movement, taking Syrians directly from the camps and bringing them to Europe. Peter Tinti said that it is a result of EU policies, or the failure thereof, that have created the environment of illicit smuggling for asylum seekers. It's a question of supply and demand. Migrant smugglers are responding to a demand, and they have invested heavily in their activity and will find a way to perpetuate their commerce. Irregular demand can be reduced by the EU, having clear rules and regulations on what happens to migrants upon their arrival. They should be processed identified, and asylum seekers should formulate their demand. Melissa Siegel listed several very precise cause and effect relationships between corruption and migration. Corruption facilitates illegal migration, enables protection of refugees, can impede development in the country of origin of the migrant. Remittances can be targeted. It can also re impede return of migration to home country stimulate the desire to migrate, morality drain, transnational ties of the elites, upend social structures and impede social mobility, and finally undermine assistance to refugees. The bottom line, corruption has pushed people to emigrate, as it also plays a prime role in facilitating the movement of refugees. But what are the real consequences of corruption on migration, their effect on integration efforts or economic development? We can conclude that corruption and development are negatively linked, while migration and development are positively linked. It is time to look at the real consequences of the effect of corruption and the role that it plays in the migration process, 
which not only creates a brain drain, but a morality drain in emerging economies. This conflict swells and spreads across the Middle East and Africa, from which migrants slash refugees flee. But to also recognize the positive link between migration and development and the remittances which migrants send back to their home countries, which reached $560 billion in 2016, which contributes to alleviating poverty and promoting prosperity.